life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We apologize for the one-day delay. Yes. But there is now very, very much to say. And, and the only only thing we will say <laughs> extra day about, adds more stuff oh my to talk gosh. about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because it's Sundance week. Oh, man. And the town both you and I here. moved here from L.A., so we get yeah. the L.A. thing. The people in black but this moved is moved in. But this is a sleepy little mountain town compared to Los Angeles, except for 10 days a year yeah. when all the L.A. folks are here. And, and I do have a rant coming. <laughs> but but I, I did want to acknowledge the fact that we are we are 24 hours late on this podcast. Thank you guys for being tolerant of that. And, and my only answer on that is just life. It's just yeah. every now and then you have your day structured and curveball intersects and you just go, didn't expect that. And I called Paul with this twist and he went, you know what? You know, let's just push it today. Let's hey, just not try to. So here we are. Life intervenes. And I thought, you know what? Everybody's going to be cool. Yeah. If everybody knew the real story behind it, everybody would just say, you know what? Just take the evening, yeah. relax, you'll be fine. And here we are you know, on Wednesday. Exactly. So we're here and we have much to say about many things. We have two great car debates coming up. We have lots of stuff to talk about on the upfront. You guys have buried us in questions, which I love the questions we're getting. Paul, Hilarious. you noted earlier that the track daily crush thing is becoming an epidemic. <laughs> epidemic is a great way to put it because I am now regretting not actually recording our answers i mean we started kind of i think nico was one of the first nico m on instagram was yeah. one of the first correct me if i'm wrong yeah started sending us these and i thought okay that'll just kind of be a, a yeah. one-off and they haven't and now everybody's sending us the track daily crush yeah three choices and now i i kind of wish i had a spreadsheet going and i'm i'm recording them all because i i'll have to go back and listen to somebody's our own gonna build that it's gonna be frightening it's very weird being as you know narcissistic and listening to your own podcast and listening it's, it's all under the name of quality control people yes that's that's what it is but it, it is kind of weird and if i had to listen to us talking when we already recorded well but it, see, it gets strange but i've said it before i listen back because i want to know what the final version that went out to the audience this you is my see, training baby. this is my training I from know. being in hollywood of, of wanting to know that final version so that's why i do it i don't do it because i i have to listen <laughs> to myself speak again but i will i will actually throw us both under the bus in that regard and then i do want to rant on okay Sundays. all right and that is there's been a couple times when you and i've been traveling Together on a shoot. Okay. And the podcast comes out the day we're traveling. <laughs> and we're in the car. And since I am obsessed with QCing it, I will put it on the stereo while we're driving between one place and another. And for all of you listening, that lasts about 15 minutes. And it lasts about 15 minutes, <laughs> at which point Paul starts laughing so much I have to turn it off because he cannot Just believe <laughs> that he and I are sitting side by side in a car listening to he and I over the speakers of the car. And eventually he just he snaps. and He's like, sorry, I can't do this. I what's can't even, do this. What's even worse is you were at my house and under the name of Quality Control, we're watching Velocity episodes because I've DVR'd them at my house. And yeah. so after a podcast, you've come over. We're sitting there watching us together on Velocity. Well, but it's, and I took a selfie of me while you were on screen. It's, it's absurd, Stupid. but it is wanting to know what's actually out there. I mean, for our sponsors, we've got Covercraft, we've got Auto Tempest, and we've got Griots, yes. which is th we're thrilled we have Griots finally. Couldn't do it without those guys. Exactly. And so we wanted to see, okay, how are their commercials playing? Because we have to provide all that stuff. They send it to us. It's 
it just doesn't matter. But it's sort of like this the Super is Bur- why we're Super watching Bowl. it all. You know, we're watching our own stuff just for commercials, people. Really? No, I promise. So we're making sure that it all looks right because I, I want to know what you guys are seeing. Speaking of that, episode four is coming this weekend. Yes. And that's awesome. It's the GT350R and the Camaro ZL1. Hal, that's why we cannot do your track daily crush in advance of that episode true, coming true, out. True, yeah. So thank you for writing, but you didn't realize that is the fourth episode on season two of Velocity, as Todd said, that is coming out. You guys are really responding, and thank you for that. We're noting that we're getting great response, and please keep it coming. You're, you're just messaging us on Twitter. For Actually, sure, I'll, sure. I'll wake up and look at my phone on Saturday mornings, and it's yeah, already blowing it's up with fun. comments and all this stuff. But this lukewarm hatches episode has really resonated with a lot of people because of life yeah this really relates and And it was a different look downtown la it was at night Mm -hmm. it was a totally different look for us of course it was 5 30 in the morning so we were not quite ourselves as you may have noticed well i noticed, but it's resonating with people i noticed because i I was editing it i kept thinking yep i better stand by my rule my rule (laughs) is nobody should see me before about 10 in the morning (laughs) and this was way before we were done by 10 in the morning i kept looking at me going yeah i look tired i look like somebody woke me up at three Let's go shoot something. I'm surprised you didn't discover the benefits of coffee. I mean, I I know you don't love the coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. I I don't know. It's weird. I'm angry if I don't have something in my stomach and coffee in hand. And I'm just, do not talk to me. So so we're here, obviously, in Park City. This is Sundance Film Festival Week, which is actually very cool. I don't, I don't want to disparage it because I love the festival. I came. This is how I discovered Park City, was coming to Sundance for work before yeah, I lived here. That's yeah. how I discovered this awesome town. That's why I'm thrilled to live here now. But now on the other side of it, living here and watching people invade, and there is, a, there is kind of a locals thing where if there isn't any snow, wait for Sundance. There's always snow yeah. for the opening of Sundance. I don't know why that is. We haven't had snow That's in weird. weeks and weeks and weeks. We got dumped on opening weekend, just right. dumped on. It was awesome. So yeah. we did that thing we try to always do, which is just go down to Main Street, which is where the chaos is, just to see the chaos. It's actually a lot it. of fun. And menu prices go up. We know this. Mm-hmm. But we went That's out for fine. dinner with Whatever. your wife and your son the yeah, other night. it was awesome. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun just he to walk around. He was the only kid on the street, by the way, because Sundance is there, – there are no kids' movies that play at Sundance. No. no. So it's, it's, it's an adult venue. But the thing that makes me laugh is the two t- different types of people that show up at Sundance as far as what they decide to wear. <laughs> and you have the people from yeah. L.A. or wherever, but generally L.A., no that kidding. bought the most expensive winter gear, the winter gear that you could almost trade for a house, that kind of expensive winter gear, and they and they wear all of that because when are they going to wear it again? Well, yeah, you, you just don't need that the, in L.A. The fur coats you actually don't think are made anymore, they show up. Yeah, I did notice a few of those. Mm-hmm. I um, Yeah. But then you have the other end of the spectrum, and, and there's, really, there's almost no middle ground. You have the other end of the spectrum, which is people where – you want to stop them, literally, because they're walking down the street. You want to stop them and go, you knew it was going to be snowy here, right? You know you're in the mountains. I mean, the, <laughs> women in skin-tight short dresses and high heels and no jacket. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I certainly didn't mind that at all. I was really fine with that. But it was it was 15 degrees out. Okay? <laughs> Just... I was wearing my warmest coat and a hat and gloves, and I'm a local. Yeah, you can don't, tell locals, don't, that's for sure. Don't pretend, no, I'm okay. No, you're not. You're freezing. And there was a woman you helped across the street. Yeah, I offered her my arm. She was already hanging on to a friend, and she was stumbling on the slightest incline going up the sidewalk that was, I, I don't think it was icy, but it was still slick for her in, in like lace-up boots. She had on patent leather. Like uh, full knee-high lace-up boots. But she had on patent leather shoes. 
with no tread on the bottom, about a three or four inch heel, and some sort of long dress with a train. Now think about this, a slushy Mm -hmm. sidewalk and your dress has a train. I thought she might like an extra arm, so I offered her my arm. No, it was great of you to help her across the street, genuinely, because she literally couldn't get off the sidewalk because she put a foot down and it would slide backwards. And I, it wasn't icy, folks. This is just had to stifle some laughter, even though I was trying to be a gentleman. And you were no, no, no. You don't get me wrong. You in the moment were very classy about it, but I just kept thinking, okay, the, I, I get it. It's L.A. vibe. You want to be seen. You want to be your best. Whatever. It's also currently snowing. But boy, do you look good, man! Do you look good? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna amputate t- amputate toes later <laughs> exactly. because of frostbite. But at least you looked but good. You represented. So th- yeah, there's our Sundance rant. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with movies. I, look, I'm fine with you wearing a jacket because you know what? All the all the theaters are very warm, and you can wear something very nice and an L.A. premiere underneath the jacket. Take it off when you get in the theater. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it's warm in the theaters. Yeah, it's cold outside, folks. Gosh. Anyway. It was um, it was enjoyable. Just embrace the it, stupidity, no, no, right? No, no, It's great. No, honestly, I'm thrilled it comes through every year. And we're going to go see a few movies, which yeah. I love as well, because the season is almost edited, which is awesome. Thrilled to hear that. You've so been working your tail off, We're then too. going Thank to be uh, – well, I just finished the Lemons episode, the Lemons Racing episode. That's going to be up. fun. That's going to be very fun. A lot of fun. So we're, we're home stretch for that, and then we're going to actually plan for, you know, season three because, you know, it not, doesn't end. Thank you, guys. So look, look, this is a rant that has nothing to do with the actual reason we're here. We are here for car debates. Thank you, guys, for listening and for uh, rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing it with others. If you get bored, you can listen to Paul's uh, – uh, debut album trying to care that <laughs> album cover was posted by our friend nate on instagram if you want a good laugh that is hysterical to me i, I have it on my desktop of my computer now just look at it randomly <laughs> and have a laugh and close it and move on uh, i can't wait a, to hear the music we have a car debate from uh, from david writing to us in, from new york and also another one uh coming up later for martin and then a bunch of questions yes yes uh interestingly i'm always constantly learning i saw the uh barrett jackson well the scottsdale auctions let's just say that because gooding is there too a lot like of people half the world was there yeah oh man i was learning so much actually i mean there were quite a few chevy ssrs that crossed the block unfortunately i had to look at them however there were some interesting cars too and uh it was just cool to constantly learn i mean what I love so much about cars is you never stop learning a thing about sure, another sure. model, whether it be obscure or I didn't know that my favorite model had that on it or did this mm-hmm. or something, you know, the build or whatever it is. And so the auctions were great to watch. Of course, they were on velocity nonstop. Yeah. But it was really yeah, yeah. actually entertaining and engaging and a uh, lot of vintage cars, which actually ties in to both of our debates here. As Todd said, we've got David in Wesley Hills, New Jersey, writing – He's got an E40, uh, E46 M3, and he also has a vintage Ferrari. Mm-hmm. If a 308 Ferrari now can be considered vintage, which it's I old guess enough. it is. Absolutely it is. So this is amazing. He's, uh, he's writing to talk about the tax changes, these 2018 tax changes mm-hmm. that now mean it makes more sense for him to sell his perfect 20,000-mile 2003 E46 Imola Red M3 and lease something else. Which means that gorgeous M3 <laughs> is going to be for sale. I'm just putting that out there. He did say it's going to be on Bring a Trailer here yeah, shortly. And his accountant told him to go lease a new car. So this is going to be a weekend car, twisty road driving, commuter, dealing reliably with a 20-mile round trip to the station. I'm guessing you mean the train station because you are a commuter, mm-hmm. parking it there. And for the weekend, this new car will share duty with his 1978 Ferrari 308, 
when the 308 is on the lift getting fixed or it's raining. So that's every weekend, right? <laughs> I have a car like that. I call it a Lotus. No, that's not true. Uh, it's so not on the lift all the time. It's, no, it actually ever. runs really, really well. Yeah. It's just I don't want to drive it in the rain. Actually, I can now. I took out the alarm that chirped it when it got wet. So It's just yeah. car washes that are the bane of its I'm, existence. Oh, you can't take it through a car wash. Yeah. What are you, a sane person? Get I tried that in once. The eye with it's all bad. Jet of water. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this replacement has got to be a lease, and his budget is about $800 a month. And he's talking about Swapalise, which you've heard us mention before, mm-hmm, Swapalise.com. Sure. He's kind of looking around on there, which actually gives us options. Mm-hmm. But that does mean it's still going to be very much in the new car realm. Yes. 800 yes, bucks yes. a month. I mean, we're talking, I mean, a year, maybe two on Swapalise, but pretty much brand new sheet metal is what we're talking 800 about. 800 a month is an, is an amazingly good lease payment. You've got all kinds oh, yeah. of options there. So that's that's what we're really working with. And there's this M3. The M3, he's just kind of realizing that its duty of mainly being a commute car isn't really right for the car. And it's obviously he's putting miles on an older classic car for that and doesn't know that he wants to do it. Speaking of classic cars, sorry, side rant. Did you notice that things like Camaros are selling for well over a half million dollars at this auction? I did. I also noticed that the uh, Ford GT bought by an Arizona collector mm-hmm. was donated to a charity. Mm-hmm. So he bought the car, drove it around, and then donated it. And uh, Raj Nair from Ford, he's a senior executive yeah, VP, yeah, yeah. Grand Poobah yeah. Ford. And he was on the air talking about if you, when, you know, whoever buys this Ford GT, it was the blue one too. Oof will get all the benefits from Ford as if you were the original, the original owner. owner. That's cool. Everything, good, good, in, good. you know, included all the service, all the upgrades, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, all the attention that Ford gives. So it's not mm-hmm. just, hey, I bought a used Ford GT. Good luck with it. They're giving you all the attention, which is pretty amazing. And so it sold for $2.5 million. Which is madness. It's, it's, it's madness, but at least it's for charity. And at least it's a special... You know, kind of your first blah blah. They're hard to get. I kind of, I kind of get it. Kind of, I can almost, I can <laughs> you know almost. What a two point five million dollar house looks like. I can, I know. It I can is almost. Yes, yeah, seriously, I can almost. How many cars can you put in that garage? <laughs> I can almost see the logic from here. Almost. I actually <laughs> I mean, don't think the that the half million dollar sixties uh, and seventies muscle cars is worse. I genuinely do. Yeah, the uh, bullet Mustang sold. Uh, former president of the United States, George W. Bush, showed up. He was actually uh, at the mm-hmm. auction block there. There was um, Chad McQueen was there, too. He was you know, part of the bullet yeah. Mustang auction. Yeah. Kind of cool, but you know, the, the celebrity nature of people being there, you think, all right, they're, they're there to amp up the prices. But then mm-hmm. you're right, a lot of these, I mean, there's, the resto mods are interesting to me. They they are interesting. I do admit that. The rest of them, unless it's a you know nine nine three Porsche nine eleven that comes across, or other than that, I was just watching for the spectacle, and I think that's what a lot of people yeah. watch for yeah. too. Mm-hmm. But the people are buying these cars. I'm going. Somebody bought what was a ninety six or something? Uh, the Pontiac uh, Trans Am. I think it was a ninety six. Okay, something like that. I'm going. Yeesh. Well, but, Not for me, but, but you know somebody what? bought it. There's a car that's on our short list. We actually have a line on I, – I keep forgetting to remind you of this. We have a line on getting in a Buick Grand National as a fast blast. I think you've mentioned that. Yeah. we got to get I in actually, that car. I actually bumped into the contact about a week or two ago, and he reminded me, hey, I have this. You guys are welcome to it. So hopefully this summer we'll get in that car. I mm. bring it up because yeah. one of those – look, Buick Grand Nationals are cool, and I want to put it on camera, and I want to talk about it. It's a rare, unique, interesting car. However – Turbo Buick, everybody. However – 
one of these auctioned off for the better part of a quarter million dollars? No, 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 no. (laughs) Back to your point. Do you know what you can get in cars for a quarter million dollars? You bought a 80s tech Buick Regal that somebody screwed a turbo to and painted black. I mean, and this, look, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) trying to throw shade on the GNX because it's cool, but ultimately let's just unpack what you bought there for a quarter million dollars. Really? When when you slam the door and you feel the wiggle in the door handle, you think quarter million, huh? Ah, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) somebody weld a Coke can on the inside of my door like they did in the 70s. Dang it. Okay, sorry, Rattle. sorry, sorry. I got Back to way off the weeds here. Yeah, anyway. All right, so David here is um, looking for this car. So it's got to be a lease, as we said. He's had uh, a lot of prior cars here, which is mm-hmm. interestingly. He grew up in the UK, uh, learned to drive there, where they drive on the wrong side of the road there. Yes, we've heard. M- moved to Belgium for it, several years. He had a Jaguar Saloon as the weekday car. And a Fiat Barchetta as the weekend car. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to the U.S. in 08. So this is really funny. I, I actually laughed out loud reading this. He's had a 92 Volkswagen Corrado 16-valve, which was the dream car, and turned out to be a lemon. Mm-hmm. So then he upgraded to a 98 Fiat Barchetta, which he loved. And he says, <laughs> I think I'm the only person who traded from Volkswagen to Fiat for reliability purposes. <laughs> and he talks about it being one of the best, most reliable cars he ever owned, too, which is just the <laughs> irony just keeps coming. Thick. All right, so Jaguar X-Type from 2002, an 08 BMW X5. He's still got the Ferrari, mm-hmm. 308 GTB. 2011 Mazda CX-9, a Fiat 500 Sport, more Mazdas, more, and the BMW is on here, too. So CX, two CX-9s. They, well, that's Holy the thing. Holy. The family likes... He's. They've had four family haulers. First one was that BMW, but then mm-hmm. they've had three Mazdas in a row, two CX-9s, and currently have a CX-5 as a family hauler. And he acknowledges, again, it's just a great, great little SUV. Yeah. It needs a turbo, yeah, which, okay. of course, sure. Not, what, what wouldn't benefit from a turbo? If you really break it down, you throw a turbo on whatever to be better. But uh, he does like that CX-5. But, of yeah. course, these are the family haulers. This is just replacing the M3. He wants good handling, but he wants it to be reliable. It needs to be new. He starts throwing down ideas. This isn't going to be a track car, though. No, it's got to be fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's not drive at the upper limits of its ability, which I find interesting because he said he kind of wants an Alpha 4C. Just curious. Yeah. Curious about that. Yeah, I mean, he he said two-seat could work, uh, but it can't be a manual. (laughs) Again, Alpha 4C still works here. I I honestly I want to kind of lead with that because I think David may be one of the rare perfect people for an Alpha 4C. You think so? He's I talking do. about he's got a thing for impractical Italian cars that bring it. Fiat bring it. seared into his brain, mm-hmm. I guess, that mm-hmm. they're going to be good and and it probably would be. Honestly, we've driven plenty of them. We've driven a lot. I'm not a fan of it on track. It's spa, to be honest. But but you're bringing up you're bringing but up I think the reason that it works here. That's the outer limits on a road. I think it is a lot of fun. Yes. A curvy road. I think that car fun. is fantastic at 80%. Fair enough. And and considering, I think when, we, when in our last pilgrimage trip last last uh, uh, fall, yeah. Chance and I did a big de- debrief about it. You weren't back yet. And I talked at length. I ranted, I should probably say at length, about the 4C on track. Oh, you did? Okay. Which great. I actually drove even more on track than you did because you kept going, you know what? I'm good. And I kept thinking, I just want to wrestle this car. I and did And try not. to learn it. All and the information went away as soon as I turned in. And then you turn in through some hard corners, all the information is gone in my fingertips. And at, at 100%, at 10 tenths, however you want to look at it, 
I don't find that car reliable or consistent and nearly as fun as it should be when you look at the stats. However, at 80%, you and I drove it on Pacific Coast Highway. We drove the Spider on Pacific Coast Highway. We were driving at seven or eight tenths. Yeah. And that was glorious. I actually really loved it then. I know. So I think what we're talking about is we're talking about a car that can have fun weekend drives, check, Mm -hmm. is interesting and unique, check, can't be an automatic, I mean, sorry, can't be a man who must be an automatic, it only comes in automatic, he's fine with kind of impractical, this has, you know, European flair, it's all of these things. I think it may be the perfect car here. It's not the only thing I thought of, but when he mentioned that, I was like, yep, I like it much more than the Cayman for you because I think you're the perfect owner for the 4C because you're not going to reach the outer limits where the car isn't as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, he mentions also a Jaguar F-Type as an outside choice here, and he's mm-hmm. saying for this two-seat thing to work, it can't be a manual because his wife needs to drive it, and he's got to consider the kids. So if the you know the two-seat car happens, you know his wife's happy driving it, the child problem goes away, apparently. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but she will not drive the Ferrari for multiple reasons, but she likes to be a passenger and she won't drive the current M3 because of the SMG transmission. She didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can't blame her to can't be honest. That. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. I know you're saying here she'd be fine with PDK. So is everybody and the automatic F type, but he's wondering about the four C is that too hardcore? Well, does it matter? She's still got, you know, the CX-9 over here, I believe. Well, but here's the thing, though. I wonder if, if she, she likes riding in the 308. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to drive the 308 because, let's be honest, I'm sure it's a, it's, it's a daunting car because it is that old and all that kind of thing. Plus, I'm sure, you know, sure it's manual. The 4C is no less hardcore and no more hardcore than the 308, if you think about it, as far as what's the interior like and how does that hold up. It's going to feel modern in comparison, mm-hmm. okay? And it is much easier to just get in and drive. You put it into drive, don't touch the paddles, and just go. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, I think I think it's the car that everything she must like about the 308 is in the 4C, and yet she could still drive it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's up there. He's also saying, you know, is there something that's slightly exotic with four seats? And he's saying, you know, 911s are good for that. Yeah. But because of leasing... A base 911 starts at $91,000. Holy moly. That's yeah. before you get to it's, anything. It's, it's breathtaking. You haven't done anything yet. <laughs> that yeah. is yeah, up yeah. there. And he's also saying the obvious choice is a BMW M2, but he cannot get past the new BMW styling, and he thinks the M2 is ugly, which is not heresy, because I can't say it's beautiful. It's not breathtakingly gorgeous, but it's very purposeful, mm-hmm. and I love the proportions. I love that it looks like what it can do. I love it's cool looking and it turns my head. But I will say this in his defense, because I'm actually an M2 fan and I know you are as well. But in David's defense, I will say this. Fast forward 20, 25 years, the E46 M3 is still going to be a classic, amazing, timeless design. And the M2 is going to be a car from a while ago. It's not going (laughs) to age like that E46. No. So he's coming in with E46 love looking at the M2 and going, that's ugly. I see how he got there. Because it's not going to age the same as that E46. I feel very confident about that. Yeah, and and I, I don't put it in the same category mm, as mm. the E46 as far as, wow, look at this beautiful car. I mean, you look back now, and the E46 is just 
really well done. It looked great at the time, and it is aging spectacularly it's a gorgeous well. looking car. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. M2, I'm fine that it's not amazingly beautiful. That's not why I'm interested in it. It's gorgeous compared to the 1M, but that's a low bar. Yeah, well, it is. It is. The 1M is almost goofy in comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so because that M2 is too close to the M3 that he's got now, which I get, he's looking for choices. Mm-hmm. I actually started with the 1M and then realized, yeah, you can't lease those. <clears throat> Mustang GT350 leases are $889 a month, which is mm. kind of in the ballpark, but they're not automatics, or they're not, um, they're, yeah, not automatics. Can't auto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't have uh, what you need there. So I'm coming down to two extra cars, David. I am uh, really intrigued by the AMG GLA45. Very mm. intrigued by this car. Nothing from Mercedes really intrigues me from a dynamic driving standpoint except for this car. Huh. It's hot and hatchy and turbo-y and... (laughs) Hot and hatchy. All these things. And uh, I think you could really enjoy it. It's it's the grown-up's hot hatch. It is. It is, for sure. It's classy. I won't say it's beautiful. It's almost like a little warthog, to be honest. (laughs) But, man, is it fun and surprising and different and such a different choice Mm -hmm. and you're talking about you've got a ferrari 308 i mean that puts you in a category of car connoisseurship that most people don't aspire to or don't have fair fair okay my other one is a car that i am very intrigued by i've talked about it before this is the 2018 audi rs3 whose front tires are actually slightly wider than the (laughs) rear tires coming back to i know (laughs) i'm buying for a staggered setup bigger on the front yeah small powerful car with Audi's focus now being handling, hmm, we should give some feedback. We should really go after that category (laughs) because people seem to like it. Yes, I do agree with with that being the focus now, having not driven it yet. We still love Porsches and BMWs and low-tie and minis and all those things for the dynamic, brilliant handling Mm -hmm. feedback that they give. But this could be an option for you if you go drive it because – you got the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. If it's not in the lift, you got the Ferrari, <laughs> right? What's so that? those are my two cars to go consider. I like it. I wonder what the um, the C sixty three is running on lease. Probably up there. It's probably it, it's Yeesh. up there. It might be out. It might be out. It might be too high. I do like the handling of that car. The C sixty three is such is a very large car. impressive. I mean, and, it's not an E or an S. Well, yeah, but. I mean, it's you know, for, for it's it's in this same category of class for sure. The C sixty three has got really good dynamics and a killer engine note and a lot of good personality, and yet is still a luxury car. Oh yeah, very much. So, so. I think C sixty three is an option. I hadn't thought of that until we started talking right now, and that dawns on me. Um, I have a couple. I want others. I want to talk about really quickly. Okay. I do think you may be the perfect buyer for a 4C. If that intrigues you, I want to encourage you because they sell, I'm not kidding, hundreds of those a year. <laughs> Whole hundreds of them. Tens of people You will be the only them. one you'll ever see, and you'll, and you'll probably really enjoy it, honestly, for the way you're going to use it. So I think that would be great. I, I see your 911 idea, but you've mentioned unique, and I'm sorry you can't do unique and 911 in the same sentence. They're just, they're not. Well, they're not. They're impressive. you know, unless you're in a high-end or rare model, but yes. Yeah, but, but just, you went you went and bought, but he's talking about buying the base 911. Yeah. And while it's kind of cool, it's it's not really a unique car anymore. And I don't, I I'm, I sound so spoiled to say that, but seriously. I mean, I'd take um, one, I, I would. But, oh, of course, yeah, of course. That's um, me. I have a crazy wild card inspired by the F-Type. But before okay. I get there, 
He did say he wouldn't mind four seats, four doors if it had great handling and some personality. And I do have to say it. We are talking about the entire lineup of this company now, but what's a Julia Quadrifolio on lease? They're probably right around there. I think that's right around this number. He mentioned that in the email, did he not? Yeah, he says, well, he's talking about the Alpha Julia, too large in the twisties. No, it is not too large. That's, that's the thing. It's great that's in the, the twisties. I think you'd be shocked. When we drove, and actually episode five of this season is, is our only rerun from last season. Because it, our last episode of last season was our uh, Julia Quadrifolio versus BMW M3 competition pack on one of our favorite roads. And you and I were both amazed that day when we drove. It's some of the fastest speeds we've ever achieved on this these great roads in California yeah. in what you would look at and just be like, well, it's a big sedan. Not on those roads, they weren't. <laughs> and and the Alpha yeah, was, yeah. A, was a scalpel. I mean, it was just really impressive. So if, if the Julia intrigues you, I think you can lease it for this money. You get a four-door usable car that is an automatic, that has personality, that has great turning on a back road. I think it's a real contender. I know I'm actually – this is the first and only time ever I am recommending the entire Alpha lineup to you. <laughs> Embrace the Fiat, That right? will never happen again, but there that is. And then crazy wild card because I want you to go drive it because you're intrigued by the F-Type. You need to drive the Corvette C7. Yeah, that's a You could get whatever sure, Corvette sure. you wanted at 800 a month. That's my true, wild card. True. I like that. Still coming back to the Warthog with leather, though. The AMG GLA 45. I understand. It's snorty and He'll weird have money left over, but yeah. I sure. Understand. Money left over. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm staying with the Alpha cream. lineup. My recommendation for you is Alfa Romeo. Which can, is, I, can I show you Alfa Romeo, which is a weird <laughs> sentence that will never happen again on the podcast, but apparently we found the perfect buyer. It, it appeals to the, the fiat buyer, the fiat thing there, so I, I love it. Well, guys, a plethora of advertising coming your way. We'll be right back. All the big names are on Podcast One Sportsnet, the home of Dan Patrick. If I'm hanging out with any of the Kardashians, I'm hanging out with Chloe. As well as news shows like Red Circle Sports with Dennis Miller. Goodell has become completely full of it. Riggle's Picks with Rob Riggle and Sarah Tiana. Do you know the difference between a million and a billion? Um, the B. And AP Sports Weekly with Jim Litke. Have you guys ever considered trading Alabama for the Cleveland Browns? All this and more exclusively on PodcastOneSports.com and the Podcast One. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. I'm not talking any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's even in quotes. This is exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One lucky grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. That's right. That's not all. Listen to what else awaits this grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, suite access to watch the race, $1,000 in cash for incidental travel or event-related expenses, round-trip airfare for two people to and from Indianapolis, Indiana, hotel accommodations for two people for five nights at a hotel near the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, ground transportation to and from the airport, hotel, and speedway, and multiple chances to meet the drivers. Just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. 
And if that's not enough, 10 first place winners will receive one free digital download code for the Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 fan experience, text INDY to 41487. That's Indy to 41487. Or you can visit amsoil.com slash Indy. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your True Price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. We're back with another car debate, this one for Martin, who found us by listening to the Adam Carolla uh, uh, car cast, which is great. Yeah, Really glad cool. you found us that way. We, we love being on there. Some of you have written in, talked about you found us because of Spike's podcast. Love that as well. If you're listening and you haven't rated and reviewed, that helps us stay in the top ten. It helps other people find us. We keep getting emails about people that were looking for a car, looking for a podcast about that. Now they're listening every week. Thank you to all of you. So we just really appreciate it. So Martin's writing in uh, from the, from Illinois, and he's got some questions about, uh, okay, how do I find a new fun car? But our friend Martin likes quirky things. Yes, he does. I don't think this has ever been on the podcast before. This is a world podcast first on the Everyday Driver Car <laughs> okay. Debate. Uh-oh. He sold a 1996 Bentley Turbo R. Mm-hmm. We've never talked about 96 Bentley Turbos R. We've never talked about Bentleys, no, exactly. as a matter of fact. The Bentley has not been a part of this podcast to this point, and now it is. Martin, I have to say, that actually really stood out to me as your fun car, <laughs> which is why we are here as the British car enthusiast that you are by virtue of your history. But we will get to that in just a moment. He's saying this Turbo R was great, but only 17,000 miles, and in perfect condition, he was too precious with it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. He put less than a thousand miles a year on it and spent time worrying about questions like, should I replace all the soft hydraulic lines on it and (laughs) put a new radiator in it because the original radiator is plastic? Yeah. I didn't know that. What on earth? Well, but Lotus has has radiator issues for similar reasons. Uh, So many of the radiator, like surround parts, are made out of plastic. And it's like, what are Are the British car industry folks sort of looking back to the 60s going, yeah, that's an ideal time. Let's Let's, look backwards. Let's create something at all of our cars as a ticking time bomb. (laughs) You go away and think about that. At least they're consistent. There you go. Terrible. (laughs) I love them anyway. Oh, man. So he said it had the most awesome interior he's ever been in. And, of course, the 6.75-liter V8 had enough torque to move this thing. Well, yes, it should. You'd hope so, yeah. 
So he had this Turbo R, but he's bored with his daily driver, Infiniti G37XS sedan, 2008. He's got 90,000 miles on it. So should he keep the Infiniti and get another fun car or buy one car that will be more exciting all the time? That is the question. And that is the question. But here's the thing. That's the question while haunted by a Bentley Turbo R. (laughs) <laughs> as the benchmark. That's the thing about it. I can't get over I'm trying to figure line. out, this is my stake in the ground of cars I loved. Is that... But the other thing that's interesting is there's no budget listed here. I noticed that too. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to extract we're something. we're in about 25, maybe 30 grand based on what those Bentleys are currently worth and based on some of the cars he's I saying... I kind of blew that in. out of the water. Well, yeah, I did too. Whoops. So, well, because there's, there's not actually a budget on here and you have to send us a budget for us to really... Let's be honest. We need a poll limiter so we know where we have to stop. But I want to know where I can start and then blow you out of the water exactly. from there. That's um, really what I want to know. But he's but he's brought up that if he was to do a new, I'm going to drive this everyday car. Mm-hmm. He's thought about used Caymans, the 86 platform from Toyota, a used 996. That puts us in this $25,000 range. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm thinking that's about where we are. And then he mentions in here, while he's just shopping along, if I'm just doing a fun car and I'm keeping the Infinity, what about an early DB9 or an old TVR? I'm going to stop. Hang, well, hang, whoa, 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 whoa. Really? Also, this stuck out. An old TVR or maybe an even older Caterham? I, we don't find too many folks that want to go down this road. I, I mean, you might Mart, be there. Martin and I could be friends. I was going to say. I think Martin and I are... are, are, are Long lost brothers, maybe. TerribleBritishCars.com. I'm still, I'm still shocked. Uh, how old a TVR? I mean, you, the ones that I've seen in the U.S. are the really old ones. All the fun ones from the early 2000s, like the Cigaris, which I would, I would almost kill to have a Cigaris with the big. <laughs> seriously, Sorry. with the big axe chops you. in the fenders. <laughs> no. I mean, that that and and in, and in some. Let's be honest. It's me in some absurd, stupid orange with the, with yeah. the exhaust pipes that go out the sides. There's or no maybe purpose a stinger exhaust. Maybe it just goes straight up out of the hood. There's there's no purpose for Why this not? car, dude. I would love to have one anyway. I don't care if it's ridiculous. <laughs> but you're talking about the really old TVRs. If you're talking about ones in the states, otherwise, I don't know where this comes from. Let's let's just back away slowly from the TVR. <laughs> let's just let's just let's look fondly. Um, and, and, and you and I'll we'll, we'll just you know I'll, I'll put an arm around your shoulders and we'll just kind of back away slow. Okay? <laughs> Aren't those great cars for other people to own? He also mentions the Caterham or a '96 Jag XJS with a six cylinder, or get this, a mid 2000s Jaguar XKR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You should have been at Ford and Dearborn when they owned Jaguar. All the executives had <laughs> yeah. Jag XKRs everywhere. They're littering Dearborn. Anyway, so he's uh, talking about these other choices, if you think. But where are you at? Are you thinking keep the Infinity and get something fun? Or are you consolidating? I, I'm consolidating. You I'm are? Consolidating. And I'm using, I, I'm using 30 mm. grand as a rough benchmark. Kind of mm-hmm. doubled that. But well, but he, I've got things that are over that budget because okay, I'm not sure where the good. budget goes. But I, but I'm trying to stay I'm way somewhere over here by myself. Yeah, then. of course. No, I'm trying to stay, because <laughs> that, that info's not here. But I'm trying to stay somewhere where the most of the cars I'm talking about, you could at least get close at thirty grand. Okay, because I'm right. assuming you're selling the Infinity and you're going all in. Because here's the thing I'm taking away from this. Now he's just driving that Infinity, and it's just boring. But yeah. it has to do all the life stuff. Yeah, and I look at the things he liked about that. Uh, Bentley, and it was the sheer power and the niceness of the interior. Yeah, and then I contrast yeah. that with the Caterham and the '86. I know. The, I'm sorry. It's weird. I, I think we need something where you have a surge of power available, 
and an interior that you like being in. Okay. Those are your criteria. That's the stuff in. that okay. kind of educates me on this. I okay. mean, look, I'm a, I'm a guy that talks the 86 platform up one side and down the other. I love that car. I, I love it in spite of its flaws. I think it's an amazing platform. Okay. But I don't know that it's for you. Because it's more fun than the Infinity. It, it, it is more fun than the Infinity. No question. It's more sure. fun than, honestly, most cars on the road. I'm going to go out there and say that. It's more, it's more fun than most cars on the road, especially for the money. But that interior, the Infinity, your 08 Infinity is going to have a nicer interior than the FRS. It is. I mean, and that's, the, the Bentley is in a whole different class. Well, and when you put your foot down Bentley's and you're used amazing. to your Bentley turbo, uh, seven, almost 7 liter turbo R, you put your foot in it, that's, that's a train. The FRS or the, the BRZ goes <laughs> gathering itself. Give up. me a moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't. As much as I love that car, I don't think it's for you. Uh, if you want to go the big kind of train, powerful thing, and this is where I blew the budget out. I thought about shopping used Audi S7s or used Audi S5s. Oh, because you've got a nice interior. Okay. You've got a usable, do everything car. His Infinity, by the way, is a XS. It is an all-wheel drive. It is. I noticed that, yeah. He's kind of interested yeah. in Illinois of having that car that can handle w- winter weather and could be all-wheel drive tires. But, uh, yeah, so there's <laughs> that. But um, So that made me think S7 or S5. It's not my favorite, but, but it's in there. Um, you want just exciting, then I go wild card into the Evo X. Oh, interior is terrible. But the interior is terrible. Exactly. So that's where that falls down. Hack a Bentley interior in half, shoehorn it into a Mitsubishi. Maybe. Uh, the the 9964S works here too, but I don't think that interior holds up to this discussion. No, you don't buy that car for the interior, that's for yeah. sure. Um, if, if his budget is higher than I think. Let's hope. I think the magic here, I, this is not my, my full choice, but I think the, the one I'd like him in the most is a Jaguar F-Type. All-wheel drive. Oh, like brand new? You're talking the new one? Just what's... The 400 Sport or whatever it no, is? No, no, no. See, he's not going to be able to get that far, I don't think. But let's let's say his budget's 50, 60. Okay. He could get one. Yeah. He yeah. could get one. I don't think the budget's that high, though. Uh, so I'm going on a rant. Where I've landed, after all of that, where I've landed is one car. And whatever your budget is, you can find one because they've been around for a while. Get the newest, hottest one you can. Audi TT. Mm. You don't see a ton of them. It's a good compromise there. Great interior. Yeah. If you get one, that get the most powerful one you can, it's going to have a really nice surge about it. It still has a small car handling, but yet you just sit in and think like, this is nice. Yeah. So I think the Audi TT may be the spot to be in here because I kind of took all of my – I'm th- giving you like all the darts on the dartboard on my brain, and then I went, wait, Audi TT. That's up there. I mean, you could sell the Infinities, sold the Bentley – Combine all that cash, mm-hmm. go for a fairly new TT, Hopefully. as a matter of fact. Which is the first gen. That, that's no, 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 no. I, I think he's in, into a fairly recent. I think you could probably get a TTS, get a little power. Yeah. You know, get something that's that's only a, a few years old. Interesting. I, I think that's the play here because I think it mixes. We're in two different worlds. In one world, we're shopping Caterhams. In another world, we're shopping Bentley Turbo R's. Somehow it's the glorious, TT, isn't it? Somehow the TT is the middle ground of that discussion, which is weird, but there we are. That's really interesting. See, the the reason this happened, uh, Martin, is um, <laughs> is there a reason this happened? <laughs> the reason is because we didn't have a budget to work with, so we're a little bit all over the map, and I feel a little bit guilty. I'll feel guilty for about the next ten seconds before I say my choices here. <laughs> and uh, it's just to get you thinking. Okay, I would love it if your budget were sixty. 
Honestly, I would love it if that's what we're talking about. I'd love it if my budget was 60. I mean, if we're just shopping <laughs> I mean, for it, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Here we go. Uh, if, uh, if that were possible, we could really have some serious conversations about the laundry list of cars that I've got for you. And then I really went wild and then I kind of went nuts after the wild part. Mm. So here we go. I'm talking first about the Acura NSX. And say in the 50 to 60 range, you could get yourself an Acura NSX. Holy moly. Awesome. Do you want to drive that year-round, though? No, but I was hoping the Infinity is paid for and he could just add he the NSX. Okay, I That's see. That's what All I was right, thinking. Because I'm actually kind of in the keep the Infinity and add the fun again because when okay. you're driving the Infinity, you can't wait to get home and drive this thing that still could work for those you know nice days, maybe in the summer or spring, sure, somewhere sure. like that, that you could actually take this to work, Okay. So NSX is where I kind of started. Uh, then I wrenched myself back to British cars and thought about the Vantage, like the early Aston Martin Vantage. Yeah. Even if you could go up to the 4.3 liter engine in that car, V8 if you can, the early ones were not the 4.3. Those came a little bit later, yeah. but still, see what you could get still, for though, 50? Still, though, 35, 40 gets you into the bottom of those cars. Bottom, very yeah. bottom. That could be an interesting thing. I mean, you're driving your Infiniti. And dreaming about your Aston Martin at home? Well, but or drive your Aston Martin every day, but I take Or do that. I mean, you could do the, you know, summer, fall kind of thing. Park Place LTD, one of my favorite Seattle, Washington oh, used no. car dealers. Oh, no. Has a 2013 Lotus Evora S. See, now, now you're just hurting me. <laughs> it wasn't intentional, but it's a little funny. <laughs> um, they've got a 9,000 mile. Nightfall blue metallic Avora S for sixty three thousand. Oh, that's the business. That's just Don't like you the think? Todd. That's the Todd spec. Don't you think that that ah? Oh, that's not for Martin. That's for me. <laughs> Wish my budget was sixty. Anyway, yeah, okay. Sixty. They'd take sixty. You want to go take that Avora S? Drive that home. Holy moly! Drive that back home. All right. So then that led me to something in the R eight flavor. Audi R8 is on my mind because you and I actually just saw a really nice one. It was an 09, I think. It was an 09. It was it was the oh. right spec too. I mean, I as much as I love really really crazy color cars, I am a total sucker for blue with a really nice tan interior and this was the the Audi R8 blue with the kind of caramel color interior, mm. six-speed mm. gated shifter. Done. I just yeah. kind of wanted to stare at that car for a while. And it was cold outside and I still wanted to stand there and stare at it. 2008 to 2010. Just take the V8 with the manual. They're out there. You can find them. They're a little bit more expensive. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, we're more expensive. Price is still I've going up. Kind of already blown out the budget. So I embraced it. I danced on thin ice <laughs> <laughs> and decided to find a 2002 Ferrari 360 Spider for 80 grand. Oh, my gosh. 30,000 miles, black on tan. 80 grand? Yeah, he's going to love driving it, but he can't, he now it lives under a bridge. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. It's a 360. And at that point, I just decided to throw caution to the wind. You haven't yet? Oh, no. Oh, man. And I decided I would find the world's cheapest McLaren 12C because they're British. And can you imagine a McLaren 12C sitting in your garage at home? Or maybe even commuting in it. And I did. I found oh, no. one for $109,000. Really? Really? It is absolutely gorgeous 2012 mclaren mp412c coupe 24,000 miles 
in one of the most gorgeous shades of red. I'm turning my laptop around so you can see. Oh, yeah, that's the good one. That's like that Bordeaux wine it's color red. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. deep. Mm-hmm. It's at Mike Ward Maserati of Denver in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, if Oof. you want to give him a call. $109,000. Now. <laughs> easy, easy. Backing away from that. Family-friendly podcast. <laughs> anyway. I just I thought maybe the NSX could be cool, but I, again, I'm thinking about keeping the Infinity because I bet you it's paid for. I yeah. bet you you're just, yeah, yeah. you know what? It runs. It's going to continue to run. Yeah. Dreaming about baby at home. Could any of these cars work? I'd love it. I mean, <laughs> I went back to British Bordeaux Red. I Aaron. see it. I see it. I just think Welcome we're three times his budget at this point. I know. I know. But it's me. The it's, Lotus it's, could work. It's the fun to look around. $63,000 Evora S could work. Tr- oh, trust me. The that Lotus Evora work. works. It would work for me. It's just still twice Sweet my budget. Sweet spot right there. In fact, if we can, that can transition us right to questions. I think we should. That Evora can transition us right All to right, questions. All right. Go for it. I have to find the one here it was. It was Chad wrote in on, uh, Chad wrote in on Facebook, and he asked... Me, he said, we were on, we were on uh, the Corolla cast. Mm-hmm, yeah. Matt, the moderator, Matt. D'Andrea. Yeah, Matt D'Andrea. Uh, he asked a follow-up because Adam was asking about dream cars. And I didn't realize where we were going necessarily. I didn't think we were talking about money, no object at the time. That's where the conversation went. But, you know, it's just you're rolling As with one does with Adam. Exactly. It's, it's all yeah. good. So I talked about the Lotus because I'd, I'd, like, just gotten it. And it was still just like, here's a dream car I can afford. Yeah. And I wanted to talk oh, about it from yeah. that perspective. So oh, we yeah. talked about it from that perspective. And then Matt asked the obvious question, and Chad's asking me to follow up on it. Why not the Evora? And I said, budget. <laughs> so he's asking me, okay, hang on. Wait a minute. If I had Evora money, would I get an Evora over in a lease? I think the answer is yes. Would you? Because here's the thing. Really? I, I love the Elise. Eyebrows I, of surprise I, over here. I, I love the Elise, as you know, and I will keep driving it hopefully for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if I can upgrade from that car and go to an Avora, I will. Because I, yeah, I am aware yeah. of the fact. I am aware of all of the usability, this is a nice place to be thing that your Cayman has. I'm aware of it. I get it. It's not lost on me. Okay? I know that it's there. Hmm. I love the Elise for everything that it is, but it is a car that requires a level of driver sacrifice. And I'm fine making that sacrifice. But there are times when you just you'd like it to also be nicer. Sure. Now sure. the now, here's where it would get harder. If they'd kept selling the Elise in this country to the way the Elise is right now in 2018, I'd probably still buy the Elise because they keep refining and tightening down the Elise, making it still as hardcore as it is while also a nicer place to be. But they don't sell that here. Mm, So an an Evora S, close to 300 horsepower, I like it better than the Cayman I, I am so in love with that car. If I had the budget, and it's twice the budget I have, let's be honest. If I had the well, budget, I'd get Nivora. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And I and no no uh, downside to your Cayman at all. But if I had the choice between Cayman and Nivora, I'd buy a Nivora every time. I know you would, absolutely. So, yeah, so that's the thing. Great. I really do like them. I think there there is I'd – almost, I'd almost be the guy that would buy a Nivora and drive it year-round. You almost could. There'd be days where you'd need to borrow the Cayenne. You know, but but put winter tires on it, get mm-hmm. the whole thing paint protected, oh, the yeah. whole thing, yeah. and just drive it. That'd be amazing. So anyway, 
That'd be amazing. Well, that yeah, Chad goes on to ask me about the Cayman versus 9-11, and Steve B. has also asked me on Facebook that mm-hmm. being I'm Mr. Porsche, why and how is it that I've never owned a 9-11? What gives? <laughs> well, it actually came down to price because my first Cayman was an 07, mm-hmm. and it was I, I could get into that car, and I love the mid-engine dynamics. I really do. Yeah. Those cars are just so satisfying, so fun to drive. But then when you look at cost... Yeah, the new GTS, the newer GTS that I have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is all the specialness of a 911, in my opinion, but it's got that mid-engine feel that you and I just crave, Yeah, and that's why I love it so much. Not that I won't own a 911, and I do aspire to 911. The problem is the 911s that I want are <clears throat> the 3.2 Carrera, of which nice ones are really expensive, Yeah, the 993 series, like a 97, 98 Carrera somewhere in there. Sure, why not? Even more expensive. Blow out the budget again. Yeah, further. Or a nine 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 one, and if I'm going to get a nine nine one, I'd be eyeballing GT threes, and then we've really ruined everything. Gotta so be kidding me. And, I'd love to. Yeah, but the Cayman, it, it doesn't, it doesn't leave anything on the table as far as fun and enjoyment. Other than you haven't owned the legendary, the yeah. legendary Porsche lineup. I, I. Will always back your play that it's the it's the more interesting platform. I fully agree. It's with you. But, just but I'm so mid-engine obsessed, and it's also, I think, the most docile mid-engine ever made. It's the mid-engine that does not bite, which is really impressive. I did get close, and I thought the tires were letting me down, and I craved Michelin's at that point. But yeah. uh, on one of our favorite canyon roads back here, yeah. But but but, but yeah. mid-engine cars. The Lotus being a great example, mid-engine cars are cars you have to treat with a serious level of respect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the Cayman is one that just goes, "All right, do something stupid." You know, I mean, it just it, well, it, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. It doesn't mean it's all going to be fine. Stupid it doesn't mean it's all going to be fine. Yeah. But let's be honest, you do something stupid in a nine eleven, and you and you lead with the rear bumper into a tree. Okay. <laughs> and the the Cayman just doesn't want to bite. It really doesn't want to. It rotates around that center of the car, yeah, which is so amazing. But it does it. It does it with less uh, bite than your typical mid-engine. Definitely, yeah, definitely love that. All right, we've got a lot of track daily crush uh, options here to go through on <laughs> no. Instagram. There's three of them that I could find. Okay, first off is Bretston 1975. Let's start with the Ford Raptor M6 okay. Coupe. The Bangle, the Chris Bangle version, and the E63 wagon. That's almost too easy. Ford Raptor, M6 Coupe, Mercedes E63 wagon. What do you think? I have an answer if I can twist the question. Okay, go for it. The E63 wagon is the daily. (laughs) Okay. The, uh, The M6 gets crushed. Because the Thank Raptor, you. because the Raptor, I'm not tracking it on. I'm going out to Utah Motorsports Campus, but I'm not getting on the asphalt track. I'm getting on their weird jumps dirt track. You're 20 and feet I'm in the going air. Going home happy. <laughs> I agree. I was going to say Ford Raptor on track too. They do these trophy trucks on track just, at the just to hear the tires sc- scream. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. Okay, fine. I, I'm with you on that one. The wagon is uh, great for the daily. The M6 coupe. Yeah, don't really like that. Okay, so we've also got cars and comments asking, this gets harder. Uh-oh. E39 M5. Sure. E46 M3 mm-hmm. or M2. And M2, I should say. Ooh, okay, okay. A lot harder on this one. Hmm. You know what I think I do in that regard? I think I crush the M5. I like it, but I think I crush the M5. Yeah. I think I strip and really does down to the bare metal cage and track prep 
the E46. Make it really an actual like remember Jamie's actual yeah. stripped out track car insane and then daily the M2. You would, huh? I think you could get that. In fact, I think Jamie did. I think you can get that E46 down to around three thousand or twenty eight hundred pounds if you go really hardcore with it. And you've got all the. I mean, that naturally aspirated engine, the great handling feel. I'm sure there's three or four subframe works in there. But the point is that car <laughs> could really become an amazing track beast. I I see that for sure. Hmm, I am actually really interested in dailing that M5. That okay. sounds like fun to me. It'd be cool. I would crush the E46 M3. Dun, dun, dun. Because I want to track the M2. I want to put that on track. It's All right. so All right. delicious on it, track. It was great on the ring. It was <laughs> fantastic on the ring. Spectacular. Yeah. Delightful on the ring. Yeah. But yeah, the E46, love them. Gotta go. Okay, all right. Last one here on Instagram is uh, jdoherty787, Alpha 4C. Okay. The fourth generation ND MX5, Mazda MX5, mm-hmm. Mustang GT350. Hmm. Alpha 4C, Mustang MX5, or Mazda MX5. I'm with you, I'm with you, yeah. M- uh, Mustang GT350. What do you think? I think the Alpha goes. <laughs> Yeah, it goes because yeah. look, and I and I actually am a big fan of that car. I, I'm a big fan of the four C, and I think it, it takes it takes the right buyer and it takes the right usage, and then it's brilliant. But the track is not the right usage. It, the, the track is not its home. The GT three fifty, I would daily. You and would. I would, and I would see my friends at Flying Miata, and I would turn that ND into a beast. Oh. And I'm not even talking about V8ing it. I'm talking about, like, go to the landing page of their ND. And it's V8ing like, it. I'm going to V8 you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> V8 that heck out of it, that it, thing. It's, it's now a verb. It exactly is. Exactly right. V8 you got to write that down. Mm-hmm. you got to V8 something. You know it. Look out. We're but, not talking but, about vegetables that have been blended either. It's not that at all. But, but you know, like the landing page of Flying Miata for the ND is let us get you new sway bars and solve the number one problem. So it's that kind of stuff. That ND would be amazing to just track all the time. It would. I'd swap them, though. Crushing the 4C. Goodbye, Alpha. I would track the GT350. I mean, that is the natural it's habitat cool. of that car. I, I see it. I do see it. You just know me. I just really like light little stuff. I know. But I I would daily the MX-5. I would. I would enjoy that, actually. I would cruise around in that thing. And I, you know what? Here's the thing. Track, I, track the Mustang. I wouldn't have to be pushed very far. I know it sounds insane. I wouldn't have to be pushed very far to swap my crush versus daily choice okay all only right. because i like the little stuff i know, know you do i know you do but you know add power right well but see, add the, lightness the, add power the gt350 has that engine note that i don't think i'd ever get tired of i mean on track you're using all of that car because at, on at a daily basis you're not coming where anywhere near the capabilities of that gt350 yeah but i can sit behind people at the light and just, just grab the engine just growl <laughs> right just, just look out Nice, nice. Uh, all right. Uh, well, many questions about the expedition that are coming in, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, there may be a review of that in the future. There needs to be. There needs I think to be a so. This thing's a monster. We need to park the Lotus in the back, and then we need do. to do a, a video about it. And by the way, Cedric G, it is the Expedition EL. It's the long one. Mm-hmm. I think this thing is even slightly bigger than Suburban's. 
It's enormous. It's it's staggeringly big. It, it's a shipping crate on wheels. It really is. It's, yeah, it, but with it leather inside. things. Of course it will. Of course I mean, it like. better. It better if it's that big. It needs to be. It's practically like a cargo ship for the road. So I'm, uh, it better tow things. I'm I'm finding myself looking at all the performance parts you can add to expeditions, Stop. and I found Stop. a lot actually. Of course you did. Well, it, it might get wrapped too. But actually, we'll I don't know if it's that question or another one. I don't have it in front of me. But there are questions about long term updates. There will be yeah. many. There will yeah. be Lotus. There will be. Uh, I need to do a piece on the Mini in the snow. There will be your Cayman GTS. We actually want to do a uh, Canyon Roads piece this summer. I need to do the the Cayenne recently rolled over hundred thousand miles. Need to do an update on that. We mm, need to do your good. expedition. Yeah, All of them will get some long term ownership treatment. It's literally just the next thing on the list to shoot after the TV stuff is done, and we're like a week away. So that will happen soon. Actually, I've already got a piece in the can for the Lotus. And uh, the Cayenne piece is going yeah, to be Yeah, you do. That's right. So there That's will right. be long terms on everything. We do intend that. But, of course, we're in the middle of uh, finishing up TV. And then we get back to real life. <laughs> All right. So there's uh, more questions on Instagram here. That uh, One that I got. There's um, DV, DRVR Mod is going back a few podcasts asking me, I can fire off Hackapolita all day long, but why do I have so much trouble saying Murcialago? <laughs> Murcialago. <laughs> See, I did it. Kind of. The reason really. is because a friend I had who's from Lima, Peru, and it would just roll. He he speaks like the Queen Spanish. You know, there's there's different words that you yeah. can use, and he just made it sound so beautiful. And he had a, a little bit of an Italian sort of, you know, trill in his words. And so when he said Murcielago, I would always just kind of be like, ah, I can never ever say it like that. And but how do you learn so cool. how to say Hacapolita? Hacapolita seems easy to me. But then anything – he's also the guy that taught me about the Cadillac SUV is – The Escalade. It is. It, yeah. is. it is not an Escalade, everybody. Uh-huh. It's Escalade. It's oh safe from the heart. It's also a SUV, which we learned from our European friends. It's not an SUV anymore. It's actually a word now. It's a SUV. It is. Yeah. It is. We're missing a lot of Daily Track Crush. We'll end up uh, with a few more of those in just a minute. But what else is on your list? Uh, well, I had a couple that uh, came up from, um, from our latest episode on TV, the lukewarm hatches. We had mm, the Elantra. Yeah. We had the Honda Civic and the Mazda 3. Jeff asked on Facebook, why was the Golf not there? Two reasons. One, the Elantra was kind of in the Golf slot. They're looking at the Golf building that car. And also, we've learned, we had two episodes of TV first season that were four cars. Four cars is too many for 22 minutes. You never really touch on any of them enough. Two cars is actually great. You get plenty of time. Three cars you can pull off. So we got those three cars. Because we wanted to cover things we hadn't ever driven before, if we could. I mean, the Mazda 3 we'd driven before. We wanted to cover stuff we hadn't driven before. The Elantra had just been released. The Civic we wanted to get in. The Golf was just like, it was the next on the list, but we couldn't do four cars. So that's why it wasn't in there. Uh, And then Terry asked a question about our scoring system. I want to try to clarify this. Oh, yeah, this is good. You know when you go pick it, Netflix, uh, IMDb, Amazon, you're going to give a star rating. Mm -hmm. It's sitting there with a bunch of grayed-out stars. It's five grayed out stars. Right, waiting for you to. Mm-hmm. And if you click rate. three, it leaves two grayed out stars. Right. Or right. if that thing is rated with three stars out of a possible four or five, there is that extra, or even a half, there is that extra portion that is there in gray that shows you, oh, this is the limit of the scale. That's how our tire rating works. The calipers come in. If you haven't seen this, you're going, what are you talking about? But if you've seen it, you understand. The calipers come in, and, I mean, the the brake discs with the calipers on them, the calipers are colored to our colors, Paul for blue, me, me I'm red. Uh, those come in to show you four wheels 
or four mm-hmm. stars. Yep. That's the possible highest rating. And then the the actual rims come in with tires on them and fill the calipers to the rating. So if you have two full rims and a half rim and a caliper left over, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that caliper yep. always stays as a reference for it is a four-wheel rating system. How many wheels did this get? So there's... Hopefully that kind of clarifies. You were trying to understand how the wheel rating works. I just know how to compare it to stars. And, uh, yeah, clearly my head is still in television. <laughs> well, our friend Mike over at Camp Automag uh, oh, has yeah. written in. Mike, thank you, and hello. He got yelled at on their podcast for thinking of picking up an RX-8 as a daily driver. So he's asking us, is an RX-8 <laughs> a poor choice for a daily, and were they wrong to yell at him? Well, but see, yelling sometimes makes good podcasts. You and I aren't really yellers. But, Not but, so much. But ranting does exist here for sure. Oh, yeah. I, and we say things like Hatchie and Handley, which one of us then just has to go and retch. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Uh, what did we come up with the other day? It was, it, Hatchie and Handley is the 70s cop show. We added one, and it became a law firm. I forget what it was. Did we? Oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, this is what happens in, in my You just add LLP, brain. and it became a law firm. Terrible. Um, we laughed for about two and a half minutes, I think. It was terrible. So, yeah, you don't want to hang out with us when the mics go off. <laughs> anyway, so Mike's asking about RX-8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I've thought about this, Mike, actually, and uh, we have driven this car, the most recent iteration, and we found this alongside the Honda S2000 mm-hmm. and the FRS. Yep. This car was a contender, my friend. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the later versions, especially a 2011. 2011 R3 is what we had. It was like the last of the last. It was really good. They're actually. inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, you might have a maintenance nightmare, but I don't think so. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine. You need to keep on top of it. They burn oil. They don't get good gas mileage. They're delightful to drive, and they are definitely designed and built for everyday driving. Well, and and, and here's the thing. This is a car. That's interesting that you're kind of back in the play here because I am too, but from a different place. And that is, Mike, what kind of owner are you going to be? Well, true. Because the the thing that the RX-8 isn't is any kind of appliance. It is a high-maintenance car. Sure. You can buy them sure. stupid cheap. Admitting, you yeah. can buy them stupid cheap. They have surprisingly good space inside. Uh, they are genuinely fun to drive. So you can't take anything away from them like that. But they have a tendency to, how to put this tactfully, eat engines. Um, so, yeah, kind of. But, yeah. but the dividing line, but the dividing line of that, I mean, we've joked about it on our, our reviews of it, is you will meet the RX owner who's like, well, I've got 150 or 200,000 miles, my engine's fine, next to the guy who had, in 100,000 miles has gone through three engines. That just happens on these cars. Yeah. But the yeah. dividing line seems to be ownership. They don't like doing short hops. Well, Park City's not that big. I mean, if you drive, I end up driving a lot of places and it, the car barely warms up. RX8s don't like that. You're slowly killing them. Sure. They need to be driven really high in the RPM, and they rev to almost nine. You've got to drive them really high to keep the engine clean. And as you already said, they burn oil, which means every single time you fill up for gas, you may be putting oil in it. And maybe sometimes in between. You've got to check it all the time. Sure. If you're that owner, Mike, why not? But it's not a car you can just drive and not really think about it. you got to think about it a lot you do more than most but i was thinking these guys might be coming at it from a fasted and furious kind of well if it's modified in any way i would say avoid mm-hmm. if you're coming mm-hmm. from it from you know slammed or whatever that is i don't think it's going to be a good daily but a stock 2011 as todd said the r3 this could be a good contender 
I don't know that you would have to be as fastidious as you just mentioned. Oil every fill-up. Uh, you're you're you gonna have you're gonna have to check, check it. it. You're gonna have to check it. But Phil, maybe not. But you might be carrying a quart around with you in the you trunk. And I went through a quarter of a quart of oil in a hundred miles of reviewing the R3. We were also driving the cheese out of we that car. Were, but that's how you're supposed to drive that. Car. True. True. And that one was about as pristine and perfect and late in the model run as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So it's a this is this is the reason why I think you were getting yelled at, Mike, because it, if you aren't going to stay on top of it, this is an insane choice. But if you are and you like it, you can pick them up cheap. That's the thing. That's the really cheap. All right. So there's also Julian in uh, the UK. Hello, Julian. He's writing in as Farron Estate Agents. Writing to us about UK governments and their drive to push electric cars on the population as they are already being taxed hard for having diesels, which Julian pointed out they wanted us to buy them in the first place, and he just doesn't want one. So he's got electric <laughs> anxiety, in other words, and, you know, how do you cope with this? What, what's going on? Julian, yes, I agree. I mean, suddenly, you know, diesels are and were the thing in Europe for a long time. I mean, they still are. But electrics are coming, and I mm-hmm. get it. A lot of governments are definitely embracing them. From an enthusiast standpoint, I suspect that we'll see more enthusiast models, but even cars like the Volt are not unfun to drive. Unfun, not trying to, you know, damn with yeah. faint praise, yeah. but they're interesting, but they're just, you know, they're not a manual transmission car. So, yeah, find the car you love and hang on to it and take good care of it and try to... Yeah. Try to hold out as long as possible, I suppose. Well, but it's that it's that that horse fancy videos joke that I make, which is at some point <laughs> yeah. what you and I are talking about is we may as well have a podcast on horse ownership because I do think that's where cars are going to go. Mm-hmm. I think the, my wife and I were having a conversation with this with a friend of hers this weekend because the friend of hers was asking about Teslas and we're asking about how close are autonomous cars really. And you and I have ranted on that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the short answer is not as close as the technology suggests is the first thing I want to say. Uh, but um, so there's that. But there's going to be a transition point of combustion cars right alongside electric cars on the road. They're not going to flip a switch one day and be like, all right, everybody park your car. That's not going to happen. No. And then give that to fear. way, way down the line, there may be those of us that still like driving cars that burn gas have to take them specific places. But this is a long way off at this point. California's working hard on that California's one. California's but, but And that's the other thing. There's always these kind of shifts in these big seismic government, we're not going to do this anymore. And then the next uh, group comes in that's the exact polar opposite. They get voted in in five, five, six, ten years, and they blow all that away. All of these people going, okay, we're not going to have any more cars by 2040. I go, there's a lot of legislation people going to go in and out between now and 2040. It's really hard to know what's real and not at this point. It sounds good. It makes a good headline. But I'm going to take it as it really comes and not, I mean, not get ahead of myself. All right, so we've got to end on two last Daily Track Crush questions here. Okay, I actually want to answer a question from Kyle really quickly. Oh, go for it, yeah. Kyle had a question on Facebook. He said, why is it when he sees a movie, the roads are always wet? (laughs) Because you have the water truck on standby. Exactly. Because when you have a wet road, two things happen. One, you can do slidey stuff easier if you need to. But the other thing about it is it looks better. It gets nice reflections. It's the exact same thing. Look, I'm going to give you a weird one, but the exact same thing of if you ever watch a movie about boxers or athletes, they're always sweating to the point they're dripping. Yeah, that's true. That's also been created by the makeup department. 
They aren't interesting. Here's the thing. I actually shot a a boxing related short film once. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Black and white thing. Uh, A writer I knew, he worked with me. I was the director. And we had this huge guy that was the, the villain, if you will, the big boxer in the film. And we had a shot that we set up. And he was just standing there. He was standing there. He'd been talking to me for five minutes, and he's just standing there, and he's dry. And then we brought in the bottle of the fake uh, sweat spray, and we sprayed him down. Camera's still running. He looks twice as menacing oh. when he suddenly is covered in fake sweat. And we just sprayed it with a bottle. You can see the – you know, I can show you the before and after picture. It's, it's – literally, it's a movie magic thing. When you have a wet road, especially at night, you get cool reflections, and you can kind of control what the light does, and it makes it more interesting lighting-wise – they always wet down the roads for this reason. It is think of it as makeup for the road. Mm. It sounds weird, but that's what they do. That's interesting. It works for realtors too. Have you ever seen houses for sale and they've hosed down the driveway and it reflects the house in the driveway and <laughs> makes everything beautiful and it's shiny? And yeah, they also do the, the, doing the, the, the weird thing. little what the cardboard on the carpet to make the carpet uh, sweep one way or the other. <laughs> and you walk and go, this place is really nice. Totally. Yeah. And it smells like cinnamon. Ugh. Anyway, not that we don't love realtors. That's not the point. <laughs> we all have our tricks. That's the thing. We exactly. all have our tricks. Exactly. All right. So here we go. We're starting with uh, two last questions here. First of all, EWH105 is asking Daily Track Crush, M5 Estate, E63 Estate, RS6 Estate. Ooh. It's it's all the German big boys Ooh, and I their wagons. I don't know that I like this. This is hard. I don't know hard. that I do. Yeah. I'm uh yeah, what well M5 Estate that was not ever available in the US but that's my track car M5 Estate on the track <laughs> yeah M5 Estate on the track I feel confident about that and I think I'm going RS6 for the road Are you crush the Mercedes and it's cool but I think I'm going RS6 for the road Do you I I'm thinking about AMG for the road though Autobahn AMG yeah, but have you seen Tom's piece on the RX-6 or that one with that wagon? Nearly touches 200 in that he, wagon. He was destroying Germany in that car. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, I'd go I'd go track the BMW, too, just because of that handling. Track the BMW. I would take the Mercedes on the Autobahn and, okay. yikes, crush the RX-6. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're destroying six-figure cars now for fun. Yeah. Okay, and Tyler F.'s question on Twitter, last one here. A80 Supra, so the 1994 Toyota Supra. Sure, sure, sure. FD RX-7, so mm-hmm. last generation RX-7. We're, we're doing the 90s, uh, yeah, Supra And cars. the R34 oh. Nissan GTR. Oh, interesting. This I thought is going to go through Okay, wow, all right. <laughs> this is hard. I loved that Supra Turbo. I, I had a... I tore it out of the magazine and put it on my wall. It's, it was cool. It was cool. The black one with the wing... The, Ugh. Yeah. I didn't yeah, like yeah. the chrome wheels, but, you know, that can be fixed. That can be fixed, yes. Wheels are easy. What are you thinking? I mean, all these cars are That's hard. Brilliant. That's hard. This sounds like a television episode to me, as a matter of fact. This yeah, would be we gotta, cool. we, we got to source the... the, uh, the uh, They'd have to be the stock, Skyline, though. The GTR. Yeah. That be the hard? That's, that's the difficult part, is finding them stock. I would do the 300ZX, though, for the TV episode, instead of the, the R34. Oh, you would? For the TV episode, because we got it here. Well, true. You know, we're Although, about what about drive. JDM Imports here in Salt yeah, Lake? Yeah, I know, but uh, maybe. They maybe. might be able to source one for they us. They probably could. They probably could. That, we'll they, see. We're getting that place now. We're way off in the weeds. Um, I think that's the track You're car. You're stalling. You're stalling. I think the Skyline's the track car. Partially yeah. because it's right-hand drive and it's not going to matter on the track. <laughs> and it's going to be a beast. I mean, that was, okay. that was a 
massive winning car at, at the time. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's the track car. Oh, this is hard. I know. I, th- I think. Oh, wow. No, man. I think I daily the Supra. Do you? But I'm I'm really struggling with that decision. I would crush the Mazda RX-7 okay. to daily one of my hero cars, Toyota Super Turbo. Yeah. And then I would take that Nissan track. Absolutely. Yeah. Oof. Dang. Tyler, thanks for the question. If you've got your own car debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website that is everydaydriver.com. We would love to hear from you about the TV episodes. Tweet at us. We're curious to see how things are resonating with you Mm -hmm. and watch, again, the commercials for all of our sponsors. They are Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Auto Tempest. Again, all three of them are helping us. We couldn't have done it without them. And keep in mind, the code every day gets you free shipping from Covercraft, and it gets you a 10% off your order at Griot's, which is very cool. So that's the code every day. That way they know you guys are listening, which is awesome. Absolutely. Guys, thanks again. This was a long one. We had a lot of fun. And uh, thanks again for your patience. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.